This is the Rand Mars Podcast, episode 69. Nice. I'm Andrew Ford. <laughs> I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> I knew it. And I'm Brendan Trombley. I'm Trevor Williams. I'm Roushing. This is 69 days until yes. Halloween. Episode Extra 69. Nice. We even delayed one day. Technically, it's not oh. because we wanted it to be 69 days. We discovered this after the fact, but... But we can claim that that's the reason. We can claim that's the reason. And it was fate. It was fate decided for us that yes. this episode 69 is going to happen 69 days before Halloween. Well, it's being recorded. Okay. As you listen to this episode, dear listener, it is some, it's uh, 21 days later. Yeah, I guess so. so. Not significantly less than 69 days. Yep. So, Rashi, how do you celebrate 69 days until Halloween? You just say nice. Do you, nice. do you have a do you have a sixty nine slot advent calendar for Halloween? You got to play the bass. <laughs> That's what you got to do, and you got to hit play the, the G bass. string over and over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> to you got to do your scales four hundred and twenty times. <laughs> not the lowest string on the bass, unfortunately. Yeah, but the the best one, or not? I don't know. The low. That's all I know about. <laughs> make them all g strings yeah every single one you could do that you could just turn it all to g and it'd six, be the most boring six g strings. <laughs> yeah. oh, wait, how many how many strings does a bass have bass guitar have is it four, Usually four. Oh, damn you okay. can have more if you want to be a loser that's not wow. true the other ones are cool too but oh, the, the four ones i'm just imagining like the worst chord well you know all the chords in the world just being exactly the same note four times wow <laughs> <laughs> Four octaves. I don't even know what that music would sound like. Probably bad. <laughs> Make that music. Make bit. it happen. All right. Put put four G's right here. Boom. This is Andy editing after the fact, and I do not know how to make music, and I will not be putting this in the episode. You're welcome, guys. <laughs> that was great, guys. That's too awesome. bad. It's too bad Andy, who is not here and not musical, is editing today's episode. Yeah, as as yeah I'm happen. gonna have to like do it for him, or it's just definitely not going to happen. It's not gonna... <laughs> Insert MP3 here, please. Thank you. Yeah. Um, well, we did it. We did it, everybody. We I just had to 69 two weeks vacation. I uh, worked on my game for two weeks, and that's what I do on vacation because I'm a weirdo. And I had did so you finish fun. it? <laughs> no, but I I made it playable, which is fun. So te technically, I've been working on this thing for three years, but like some of that was like pre-reset, where I like made a prototype and then tore it all down and built it back up. Um, mainly because I learned a lot from the prototype. But this this current um thing that I finished in over the last two weeks was like taking all of the disparate pieces that I've been making over the last I don't know year or so during quarantine and putting them all together into something that you can actually interact with, which is nice. So I have a, a server that runs. Separately from the clients, you can connect um, up to, I think, 10 clients to it. 
I've only tested with five, but I don't know why you'd need to do more than that. Um, to it, and you can play the game. There's one zone, and there's 30 slimes in that zone, and you can run around and kill them all. And you can die, you can resurrect. There is there is a single magic spell in the game. There's a single healing spell in the game. There's a single attack ability in the game. And there's auto attack. A whole bunch of different weapons and starting classes that all have the same <laughs> spells. <laughs> but, you know. Nice. There's, there's a whole lot of stuff that you can do. Uh, like RPG rolling stats took forever. Like rolling an attack data and distributing damage and hmm. hit, miss, crit, all that stuff. Um, uh, distributing all that information across the network was was a lot, too. Mm. Uh, and this is the same in sort of EverQuest-ish style RPG game with the like old school kind of retro 3D graphics. You've talked about it in past episodes. Yes. So this yeah. is uh, EverQuest with Party Primadeath is, is my one-liner pitch. For All right. It. Uh, so I guess EverQuest slash Final Fantasy XI, but whatever. Old school MMO. Okay. Um, and is this all done in Unity? Yes. Uh, the server originally I had is just a standalone Windows app. But um, when it came time to do all of the um, entity uh, collision and pathfinding and stuff, I did not want to write matrix transforms and raycasting and 3D collision and uh, 3D nav mesh pathfinding. <laughs> so you could just put it in Unity and have all that stuff for free. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Uh, so my server is a separate standalone app that is also a Unity app. Um, I may or may not have no GUI on the server at all. Uh, I'm, I'm undetermined on that. Ooh, but right now, it's just like, client. you just like run it and it just like has a text field <laughs> and shows you all the logs. <laughs> uh, so what's next? Which, what's next? Lots of content. Um, I have another zone that's almost ready to go. So zone swapping is going to mm -hmm. be a big deal. Um, so for our next episode, should we all just sort of log into your game? And go kill slimes. We can all do that. We can even do that right now, but it'd be kind of boring because wow. it'd take we are 10 not minutes prepared. for to download it. No, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we can definitely do that. It wouldn't be that exciting, but you can do it. Um, you can run around and kill slimes and um, in a forest. Yes. Nice. But there's a, just a lot of content that I need to do. Uh, I want to finish all of the... I have like 3D models for all the basic armor sets um, that need to be textured and rigged. Um, under the main character right now. The only playable character is a skeleton. There's going to be no humans in the game. It's post-human. Human beings annihilated themselves, uh, and there's only weird things left over. Uh, I think there's going to be boss enemies that are human beings and like weird ascendant demigods and things like that, but all humans oh. are dead. Uh, <laughs> which I think uh, is... Uh, is that the name uh, of the game? All, all humans, humans are... are dead. <laughs> all humans are dead. The humans are dead. They're definitely <laughs> dead. Uh, oh, we use poisonous gases and we poison their asses. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so wait, uh, you're skeletons? You play as skeletons then? One of the playable like races is a skeleton, yeah. I, I don't know uh, race is the wrong word. One of. Um, yeah, there's going to be a whole bunch of them, basically. Uh, so, like, because it's permadeath, basically, like, you want to have as much, I want to have as much diversity on the front end as possible. So there's, like, something like 20 different starting classes, which is, it's more like a Dark Souls type start, where it's just, like, Here's a bunch of stuff that you have to get going, and you can go anywhere from there. It's not like if you start as a warrior, you can only be a warrior. Um, I'm using like a similar system to the uh, old school um, uh, Guild Wars, where like you can actually get skills from monsters, which I thought was the coolest part about that game. 
Um, so aside from your starting skills, all of your other uh, abilities will be drops from monsters. Cool. And you can decide from amongst your friends who gets what. Uh, I like that. Which I think is going to be a lot of fun. But basically, you want to have as much diversity up front as possible because if you're doing the first 25% of the game the most because it's a permadeath game, you want to have as much variety up front as possible to make that not laborious. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, um, don't have varied starting locations yet, but there will be, you know, that kind of thing. And when will you be able to put another like good chunk of time into it? Because do you, you tend to do you tend to work on it between your vacations or mostly just in your vacations? Um, pretty much, I can only do like art assets in between because like unless you have a big chunk of time or I want to commit to doing stuff over the weekends, it's really hard to like sit down and do serious programming mm. in like a couple hours after work situation where it's like, hey, I spent all day programming. Let's sit down and program my game. <laughs> no, I don't want to do yeah. that. I know that feeling. <laughs> but I spent all day yeah. programming. I might want to make some textures for a knife, you know. Um, so, for example, there's like a whole bunch of different weapons in the game because it's an RPG. And like over the course of, you know, three weeks, I made a dagger, a sword, a axe, a spear, a mace, a shield, a bow, an arrow, and like a whole bunch of other stuff. Like, you know, just like all that crap. Because you can make the model in like a couple hours and you texture it. And then like some other time down the line, you just paint a stupid little dagger texture. And there you go. You got a dagger. Uh, and that's that kind of stuff is really easy to just make piecemeal or like environment texturing is really fun to break up too because you're like oh it'd be nice to have a bush so you can just sit down in photoshop and pixel out your little bush and then later you can figure out how to put it on like a weird plane with like cut out texturing and then that's you can very requesty <laughs> yeah it looks cool yeah um i'm not doing uh too much billboarding but i am doing like a lot of like cut out layering of stuff you know um like final fantasy 14 the, the more modern mmo like the way they do their trees is like they have like a very simple model for the tree and then like a whole bunch of planes laid on top of it you know and like the the planes are kind of like billboards but not really there's just like a flat texture well, they don't face the camera right they just sit in a particular orientation and just sit there yep. yeah, yeah, yeah and then you know they just have a whole bunch of pictures it makes of me a think tree of... branch and feathers on there you know they didn't really get their artistry on this in the first go around, but in future expansions, EverQuest got better with like their torches and their like, you know, like like a big like uh, is the word like a brazier, like a big pot full of fire, right? Mm -hmm. And you could like if you were looking at it from like afar, you would see like a kind of a slowly animating like several frame animation of fire, and if you get on into it, and usually these things don't actually hurt you, so you can like jump into the brazier and like see it's really just two planes like perpendicular to each other just sitting on it and so if you stand in the middle and look straight down you don't even see the fire you just see like two lines where those planes are sign. and then yeah. the, like you know the floor texture of the like ashes or whatever kind of funny this there's a lot of cool ways that people do that too uh i've seen some really wild ones where they have like like they use um like a vertex shader to make like a, a physical mesh like they have like a ring around the outside of the fire pit and they actually wiggle the mesh, and then they have, um, then they have uh, uh, pixel shaders on the inside, on, on the texture itself, animating the flames too. So it look, creates like a really, really realistic looking flame, but it's actually very, very light programmatically. Speaking uh, of all this stuff, and speaking of like EverQuest, you better put some particle weapons in your game, and they better be epic. Oh yeah, you gotta have <laughs> particles, right? Dude, Final Fantasy XIV like, does the best job of those of that shit. Yeah. 
Um, well, there was so, a point in EverQuest where there was only a single sword in the whole game that had an effect on it. Like it was like a paladin fire sword. And then there's a point where then they added a bunch of every class got an epic quest and it was like literally like epic. It took you like weeks and stuff to and many, many things. And the reward of each epic quest was a particle weapon for every class. That was those were the days. Hell yeah, man. Mm. And you're the only one with it. And it was like, how did you do that? And you're like, I'm not telling you. <laughs> Because yeah, and then people couldn't got... Google it, so they <laughs> they would and just then, and then you could, and then everyone yeah. and their mom had one. Yeah, and then if you died, could someone just take it off of your body? Uh, no, your corpse was there, usually. but they couldn't take it. Not unlike okay. Diablo two, where when you die, your corpse is just there. <laughs> everyone could take it. Yeah. Um, speaking of Diablo two, open beta was this weekend. Did anyone else yeah. play uh, the beta? I played the beta. I played a little bit of it. I was uh, trying to relive my uh, glory days as a hammered in, uh, but didn't get to high enough level to even get the uh, hammer of wrath ability. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, if you recall, if you recall me from previous episodes, I'm not a huge fan of ARPGs. So no, I did not play it. You don't like ARPGs. <laughs> well, that's fine. They're boring. A boring, boring yeah. genre. You're boring. That's fair, though. <laughs> I mean, they are pretty boring, especially because it, I played the most boringest class. I played an aura paladin. <laughs> so my friends are all like like literally twice as strong but i was just sitting there using my auto attack <laughs> yep yep and run up with my yeah. dumb little hammer and be like bonk 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 here's my 200 so percent damage aura oh people are low here's my heal aura <laughs> so did you play a paladin for uh the open beta for the open beta i played a paladin yeah okay and you're doing aura as well yeah i really wanted okay. to try out there was a there's a similar skill to dominating blow that i had no idea was in diablo 2 Downing blows a skill in, in Path of Exile where like you kill mobs and it summons like um, guys to fight with you from the dead mobs' corpses. And there's mm -hmm. there's a, a similar sounding skill called conversion that, that's like high up in the paladin tree, level twenty four or something. So I wanted to get that, but the beta ended before I got to level twenty four because it was only the yeah. first two acts. So um, we finished and killed the boss at level twenty two, and then I'm like, I don't want to grind out just to see what this is like. So guess I'm yeah. done. Yeah, <laughs> but. I don't know. Yeah, it it was super strange for me to play that, uh, just because it's really a relic of its times. You know, they they made the art and whatnot modern, but all of the mechanics of the game are from you know, God, what how long ago is it now? Like twenty years. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know when Diablo two uh, came out. When did Diablo two come yeah. out? I want to say nineteen ninety seven. Let's get a little fact check. Right, but it's it's like I open up the skill tree for a Paladin, and it's like these are all the skills that the Paladin can ever get in the entire game. June twenty nine, two thousand. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah that's it. That's your 2000. whole thing. Right, right, and like this is coming from Path of Exile, where it's like Sphere Grid from Hell. Yeah. Um, and that's only half of or, it. You're not even gonna look at his skills. You're not looking at Cluster Jewels. You're not looking at uh, Sedency Tree. Yeah. You know, like. <laughs> right. And I was like, okay, and the skills that I actually want are super late in the tree and so until then i have to do like this you know stop hurting yourself attack that's the only thing you can get as a paladin when you're at low level yeah or like a bernie burn 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 aura that was uh what i respect into i had assumed like so when i played diablo 2 uh back in the day i think it was before they added respects and i saw one of the npcs in town uh this time around had like this respec option with like, you know, are you sure? Yes, no. Uh, and so I said, yes. Um, and I assumed that it was basically just, you know, functionality that was added for the beta and so I could respect willy-nilly. So I sadly went from like a sort of a 
paladin that you know was using like sacrifice you know hurt yourself a little bit in order to do extra damage to like spicing up the fire r as much as i can i'm like okay this is kind of cool let's try something else no no i am now fire r man for the rest of time yeah you get exactly one respect yes but i wasted it. <laughs> wasted it i wasted it apparently they added Threw that away, much later because that was still in there when i was playing diablo 2 whatever um it's it's very interesting from a from a hindsight perspective playing Diablo 2 again because of all of the other games that have influences from Diablo 2. Yep. Um I I found it really cool to see the stuff that Path of Exile took from Diablo 2 from a stuff and that the they stuff didn't that take. They left behind yeah. like stamina. Stamina. That game don't need that. Which yeah, is it's such a revelation stamina. from Diablo 1 where you could only walk. There was no running. <laughs> uh God. but you know, hey what are you gonna do? Right. And I mean the thing is, Diablo 2 was such a massive upgrade over Diablo 1 at the time as well, just in terms of like, what? All of the classes have different abilities. Yeah. And they actually have skill trees and whatnot. And I mean, it's super dated now, but it was pretty freaking revolutionary at the time. And it's kind of amazing just to realize how much, you know, people have learned about game design and whatnot since then. Yeah. And you can't have hotkeys in Diablo 2. It's only right click and left click. That's it. You can have hotkeys to switch the bindings, yeah, though. Now you as can. To what your left click and yeah, right click they, are. Yeah, they switched it, so you could bind keys to switch right and left click. I was expecting yep. what I what I read in that what they were adding for quality of life changes. They're adding hotkeys. I was like, oh, mm -hmm. sick! You can have a button to turn on your to like hit your different abilities. No, you hit a button and it switches your right click or your left click to whatever it is that you switched it to. And you're like yep. that is miserable. <laughs> <laughs> that's the main reason why i decided to do aura paladin so i didn't have to deal with all of that i just like i turn on my aura and then i switch the aura if things are under a certain condition anyway it's totally dumb i can see yeah. the eye roll on these guys They're, they don't want to talk about diablo 2 they don't give a shit about diablo 2 well, yeah, it's, it. it's it's episode 69 what's our sexy sexy topic today skeletons <laughs> skeletons got bones bones <laughs> are sexy you going we're to go to the down. bone zone? <laughs> we're, we're counting down the 69 bones until Halloween. That's yeah. right. That's there how many six, bones there are. 69, 69 bones. bones. You have like a third. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> how many How many bones are in a skeleton? 200 something. 200 and change. Yeah. Let's see. Oh, oh, oh. oh, my battery's too low to, to do the squeeze. Ask Siri. Google Assistant. Ah, uh, too bad. So we'll never, we'll never know. know so so we'll never know. Are. Yeah. Yeah. We'll never know how many bones there are. Anyway, you got like twenty percent of a skeleton left. I don't know what this you're is not a real topic. <laughs> <laughs> Diablo two. Diablo two is a sequel to Diablo one. What's our real topic? Mm -hmm. Sequels, baby. We got sequels, sequels. for days. We're talking about the sequels. sexiest, sexiest, the sexiest topic. of topics. Andrew, you were it, talking about in the preamble that a certain sequel is coming out soon. Yeah, so oh, yes. it, will, it will be well out by the time this episode is out. Uh, Psychonauts 2 comes out on the 25th, I believe. Um, that's mm -hmm. what I'm real excited for because I love the original game. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't well, seen... I... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that uh, I took a little bit of a look at the reviews and they've all been very sort of positive, which I'm very happy to hear because like, I felt like there was no guarantee that there is you know, going to be any quality given how long it's been since the original was. And I can't imagine it's exactly the same team. Yeah. I would imagine yeah. that it's almost none of the same team. <laughs> and right. still, um, who's the guy that leads that studio? Tim Schafer. Schaefer, Schaefer, Schaefer. Yeah, that yeah. guy. Is it Schaefer? Yep. Yeah, who's also involved in Diablo 2. 
Oh my god, was he really? Wasn't he like the designer of design of Diablo 2 or something? Holy shit, no way. I'm not sure. Because I know that he likes, there are like items named after him and stuff like that. Because he was involved in Blizzard, I think. Pretty sure. Yeah, I don't know. Like the, the Schaefer scraper or something? <laughs> <laughs> something like that. Who knows? I don't know. I tried to Google it, but I gave up because yep. I'm too much too much live Googling. Live Googling. So yeah. what's going on with Psychonauts 2? What are your I thoughts? just thought it was kind of interesting of like a sequel. There's feel like there's not too many of these in games where it's a sequel that's pretty much the same sort of game. It's kind of a direct story sequel, but it's the same kind of gameplay, right? It's 3D platformer, but it's being made like 16 years later. So mm -hmm. you don't, I feel like you don't see too many games that are like a direct sequel. I mean, like, if you see a little bit with this reboot and kind of uh, retro throwback kind of stuff a little bit nowadays but um yeah it's kind of interesting that you know there's some sequels that are kind of just incremental i feel like the idea of a just incremental sequel is kind of more of a retro thing um whereas like mega man mega man 2 mega man versus, 3 mega man 4 mega yeah. man 5 mega man 6 versus like yeah. being like revolutionary with your next game and like really changing it up yeah, yeah. i mean I feel like very often when there's a big gap, you end up thing with things like, you know, going from God of War 3 to God of War. Yeah. Um, which, you know, sadly I've not played yet, but from everything I've heard is a very good game that also has a very different take. And it's no longer, I'm just so, I'm too angry to die. Yeah. To, you know. <laughs> like God of War 1, where like in a tutorial level, you could go back and like have sex with weird women. Uh, weird women in this bed you're like ah oh, okay mm -hmm. <laughs> and then like i don't know this one is like a mature father-son story you're like oh they came a little mm -hmm. way all right kratos yep. boy Great. um he's come a long way man i i, I regrettably haven't played god of war yet either it's on my to-do list but you know <laughs> too many games too many games too little time yeah. but i mean i'm also like putting other games like that in the same bucket right like like Tomb Raider, right? They had a whole bunch of incremental sequels, and then they restarted, rebooted Tomb yep. Raider. Um, you yeah, know. or Resident Evil. Go from Resident Evil 3 to Resident Evil 4. Whoa. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're still going, though. <laughs> I know. <laughs> they're still going. Yeah. They're still going. They right. got Resident Evil 8. I mean, they probably got like That's 50 fair. Resident Evil games at this point, but they're the only ones yeah. that are still going, right? Ace Combat 7. That came out a couple of years ago. That's the sickest game ever. <laughs> they're still going. I feel like there's a distinction between having like a series versus like having a sequel. Like that second yeah. that second game is going to define so much of the future. Uh, like it, it it only it only compares itself to the the first thing that came. Maybe it'll turn into a series in the future. You never know. But I would say the success of that sequel probably has a lot to do with whether it becomes a series in the, in in the end. But like yeah, it's like, a, it's like well, an inflection it's, point. That's interesting too. If you think about something like the Legend of Zelda, right? Legend of Zelda one. It's pretty close to to what a quote unquote modern Zelda game would be, right? Then you had Legend of Zelda Two, which is extremely different. Uh, yes, that's the one that had the funny side, side scrolling, scrolling shit. Yeah, yeah. there yeah. was like side scrolling attacking Castlevania e stuff in there, where it's like, yeah. what is going on in this shit? <laughs> <laughs> and then they're like, I well, mean, that didn't work. Yeah, like, well, right, not we'll, we'll go back to it. Link to the Past is I that the like... third one, or was there a Zelda no. Three? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Th wow, there was pro really? I think there was like the Game Boy game before that, but um, yeah, there's there's a couple of Game Boy games, and they were yeah, they were like much Link's Awakening closer to yeah um, to the other ones, yeah. Link's Awakening, and I think I there was another one, right? There was like or it was Link's Awakening, the one in the big crashes on the shore. Yeah, that's Link's Awakening. Okay, I think. Okay. maybe there was only one Game yeah. Boy game. I don't know. 
But yeah, I mean, I felt like Nintendo just didn't know what the hell to do with sequels like in the early Nintendo days. And I feel like there's no better example of that than Super Mario Brothers 2. Um, yeah. which was a reskinned complete a version of a completely different game. Uh, I forget what it was called in Japan, but in Japan there was a Super Doki Mario Doki Brothers no Two, something like I that. Yeah. So. And but Super Mario Brothers Two in Japan was in fact another side-scrolling Super Mario Brothers game, like the original one with you know fire flowers and mushrooms and other things, but it was harder, a lot harder. And they also had things like poison mushrooms that would hurt you and things like that. And I think that the decision was that, um, or the thinking from Nintendo at the time is that, hey, this is, you know, hard, harder than the original one and kind of counterintuitive in that not all the power-ups help you. So we don't think our American audiences are going to like this. So let's take this other game, reskin it with Mario characters and release it as Mario Brothers 2. And that. So that's like a really interesting, like, um, like common misconception as well it's like the whole final fantasy naming thing right where apparently it uh is so the release of super mario Bros. 2 in japan is absolutely correct it was a harder version with like weird stuff going on but originally it was supposed to just be more or less an expansion of mario brothers it was like mario brothers 1.5 it was like a whole bunch of extra levels um and then they wound up releasing it as its own game and then they're like well this doesn't really feel like, I'm sure the difficulty thing was part of it, but it's also like, this doesn't feel like it's enough of its own game. Let's release it. Let's make a new game or reskin this other game and put it in there. I don't really know how the decision making got into that, but I'm kind of glad that it did because Super Mario Brothers 2 is fucking weird. <laughs> yeah, right? It, yes, it, it is. It was, it had all these weird ass. It's not ass, bad. It's weird. Yeah. It had all these weird ass uh, creatures and, and stuff in it that ended up being very iconic for the Mario universe, right? Like Birdo yeah. and mm-hmm. Shy Guys. And a few yeah. other things that, like, you can kind of tell they have this, like, when you really stop and think about it, they have this very different aesthetic from, like, Goombas or Fireflowers or, I mean, like, Piranha Plants or whatever. Yeah. And it's because they came from two separate freaking right. universes. Hey, um, And you pick up keys and terrifying masks fly around and chase you. <sighs> I have to, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to resync my video. I also have to kick my fridge. I'll be right back. Okay. He's going <laughs> to kick his fridge. Is that a euphemism? Is that, is that some sort of sex move? I'm gonna kick the fridge, baby. <laughs> Must be. <laughs> if you it's have a quick to ask, sex move, apparently. You don't know. <laughs> you shouldn't know. <laughs> Did you hear me yell at it? No, I was at. I oh. was making a joke about kicking the fridge being a weird sex move, and we were <laughs> postulating on what that might be. Um, uh, yeah. Well, it was just one kick was all it needed. Yeah. Heyo. Heyo. Very effective. Kick the fridge. <laughs> Man, that really kicked the fridge. That really kicks my fridge. Yeah. I guess it's, it's starting to sound bad now. Not like a fun thing. I don't even need to use it. <laughs> mm. To go back to your earlier point about the second game in a series sort of defining it. Yeah. Simply because I wanted to say the expression that yes, it takes two points to define a line. Um, <laughs> but I, f- but I feel like you know what you're saying is very correct in that you have to make a decision in the sequel, like what elements of the original game are you going to keep, and which things are you you know willing to mix around and sort of uh, change. And depending on how big of a leap you make with the second one, you might be sort of like defining a very different sort of third game as well, if you sort of keep on going that way. But I feel like in terms of like the elements that are consistent from game to game are kind of, you know, the things that really sort of like define a series. Um, And a lot of that is sort of made up of, you know, decided when you have the first two games and you don't make the second one a random, you know, side-scrolling 
Legend of Zelda 2 weirdness thing. Yeah. Because they could have done anything with Legend of Zelda 3 and nobody would have complained because they're like, okay, yeah. <laughs> no consistency with the first two, but that's fine. They weren't consistent with each other. I mean, if their idea is that Zelda is a weird explorey game with fighting in it, I guess the fighting could have any, you know, perspective. Like mechanic. Yeah. But the mm-hmm. fact that, like, I think it, it made it more of a Zelda, like, Zelda, its own unique thing of this top down exploratory map exploring thing, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And it also made it a lot easier to transition into 3D, I think, than a lot of those other games would have. Like, Castlevania had a horrible time switching into 3D. Yeah. <laughs> but Zelda, you kind of already had the framework, right? Like, if you look at mm-hmm. um, uh, Metal Gear Solid, the first Metal Gear Solid on the PlayStation, that game is yep. more or less a soft reboot of Metal Gear Solid 2, or Metal Gear 2 on the weird Japanese computer MSX, which is like, it has almost all the same beats, it has almost all the same things, and the game itself is basically 2D. Like, there's no third dimension except for some areas where you can climb a ladder. Um, and fucking Solid Snake might have even had some of those ladders in it. I, I can't remember, but um, it makes it a lot easier to transition into 3D, is my point there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And it makes it very easy to, to figure out the moveset in Super Smash Brothers. Yeah. Yeah, shoot a missile. <laughs> I was thinking like the upper thrust and down thrust and whatnot from uh, Legend of Zelda, because like I feel like the uh, Legend of Zelda two character is sort of like the basis for the uh, Smash Brothers moves. That makes sense. I never really put that together. I guess you're right. That's kind of awesome. Hmm. Super Smash Brothers. Yeah. Um, one one thing that, that I've been thinking about just in talk ter- in terms of talking about the sequels is you know I guess for for a sequel to be considered good a good sequel and or a good thing. Uh, it has to kind of like thread a needle, right? It can't be too similar to the first one to just feel like an expansion pack or like just the same old, same old. But also if it goes kind of like way out of its lane from the original, it also feels like, well, what the hell are you doing? This is like, this isn't even the same thing. It has, how could you even consider a sequel? So you kind of have to like find this like Goldilocks zone of just enough different, but not too different. Yeah. Otherwise it freaks people out. <laughs> like this isn't a Zelda game. You have the classic example of Call of Duty, whatever the hell number they're on right now, where it's the same fucking game every time. There might be some dumb gimmick in it, but it's the same nonsense. And then you have the opposite Can side it... of that, which is like most MMOs, right? Like you have uh Guild Wars and Guild Wars two, EverQuest and EverQuest two, where the sequels are like way different and like they completely, in my opinion, missed so much of what made those games interesting and unique in their like upgrading and streamlining process they made them yeah very wowy which is a bad thing uh, not to mention I... just a sequel for a mmo is such a usually a, just a horrible idea like yeah. you're gonna yep. cannibalize your first game and then maybe it, they don't like it as much and then they just leave yeah such a like, weird... wow hasn't come out with a wow too and there's a good reason <laughs> yeah well they got it right because all those other mmos tried it and failed and like I, I guess it's coming from like that that '90s '2000s mindset, though, right? Like the game came out. Now, when's the, when's World of Warcraft two coming out, right? That like EverQuest two came out, and like, oh, okay. Guild Wars two came out, and it's like, oh, oh, geez, <laughs> we're never making a WoW two, guys. <laughs> we'll just keep updating them servers forever. Although they were working on a different MMO uh, that I think ultimately became Overwatch. Yeah, I think um, that's the most interesting it, thing. Uh, anyway, go ahead. Yeah, but. Admittedly, I was going to say, I think that that's sort of a reasonable business decision, though, because if it's different enough, you can basically say, yeah, you've got a Blizzard subscription. Now you can play both games. Hooray. Congratulations. But now you're paying money 
for both teams. And then the yeah. corporate government's going to be like, why are we praying for these two teams? And then they shut down the service forever, and then the game no longer exists. And you can't go back and play it. Because there's no way to play it. I think just... sheds a single tear. Yeah. I still want to play Fantasy casually... Star Universe. Can't do it. <laughs> you just casually threw out the phrase corporate government. It made me shudder a little bit. You don't like acknowledging reality. <laughs> They just are the government of Irvine, California now, essentially, is what you're saying? Oh, the government of World of Warcraft. I don't know. Oh, yeah, I guess it's true. Yeah. <laughs> they govern the, the entire government. world yeah. of Warcraft. Of Warcraft. Of Warcraft. <laughs> How do you kill that which has no life? <laughs> I, I fucking reference that episode like at least twice a month like during raids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, my bedroom! Anyway, it's really good. <laughs> it's the best episode of South Park. So- so I'm trying to think of, can anyone else think of any other examples of like relatively modern or recent games where they deviated too much with sequels? Because I feel like it's far more common that like they don't innovate enough and they make the sequel pretty much the same as the original one. And jumping too far, on the other hand, feels like it's a rare mistake. Yeah, I don't know. I think that I think much? the problem is like most AAA games that have these large sequel numbers are playing it so fucking safe. Yep. That like there's no way that they would make it too different. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like I mean it makes sense though. Like it, it costs millions and millions of dollars and you employ thousands and hundreds of people to make these things and you can't take too much of a risk on it. But also it sucks. Yeah, funny enough, the one that the one that pops into my head is that changed a lot was uh Zelda Breath of the Wild, but that was a good thing. Yeah. Because it was mm-hmm. a very stale series and then they, they, they made a new sequel that like really shook up the formula. Especially the when your is, expectations are so like, oh my god. Because that was in the climate when everything was going open world, and you're like, Zelda goes open world, and you're like, oh, God. Like, the only <laughs> series that could make good, like, handmade, nice, custom dungeons, and they're going to fucking do this. And mm-hmm. then it comes out to be amazing. And you're like, oh, I'm an idiot. Good job, Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> I think, the, I think the, the really, the, I mean, the really big thing now is going to be, it's because that's almost like a, a sort of a reboot of Zelda. So what's the next game going to look like, and how different from Breath of the Wild will it be? Well, it's, it's Breath of the Wild 2, right? so it probably won't be that different. <laughs> it's yeah. literally called it's, Breath of the Wild yeah. 2. So like, apparently from, from one of the Nintendo Directs, they were like talking about how they had all these ideas for DLC content, and then they just kept having more and more and more ideas, and they're like, well, why don't we just make a second one? And they're like, let's do that. So Fair. Yeah, I think I've, I've heard people kind of compare it to, you know, the same relationship of Ocarina of Time with Majora's Mask, right? Yeah. Ocarina of Time was this huge, new, crazy thing. And they're like, okay, let's just do use the same engine and just make another game with the same engine. So, you know, that's obviously a really interesting sequel, sort of, because they added all these other weird time mechanics and stuff. Majora's Mask is such a different game. That's something mm-hmm. that deviated a lot from its, its predecessor. Yeah. Um, yeah, but on like a technical level, it's like very much the same. It's kind of a, it's almost like it's probably almost the exact same like code base that they just it's like a remix of all of the same it. animations and models yeah yeah <laughs> yeah I'm sure yeah, literally so... half the game was kind of done <laughs> it was great yeah. though because yeah. it like actually helped you feel like you're in this weird alternate world right kind and of I mean like Bizarro Hyrule and I think it's obvious but it's worth calling out explicitly like once you have an engine or something like that it's really fucking expensive to build a game engine like that so if you can basically take the same thing and reuse a huge chunk of that you've just dramatically reduced the development costs for making your sequel yeah totally yeah which I think is part of the reason why you know you end up with a lot of things where these incremental changes cuz hey you can reuse all your assets bam there's a game coming out um that is a, I guess it's a sequel but it's not like 
they're not calling it it's like they're not calling it like this game two uh it's the sequel to hollow knight is actually looking like it's going to be really good it's oh. called silk song <laughs> and it's really looking like it's going to thread that needle really well of being similar enough to hollow knight to feel like it's in the same universe the same style of game but different enough because the protagonist is totally different the sort of like her move set is different her upgrade system is different and like it's a whole different world um so i'm really looking forward to that as as a game that really like strikes that balance and of course just from seeing trailers so i don't know yeah if it will be i'm curious well, if yeah, it's like a, oh go ahead wasn't that like a uh, i might get this begin this story wrong so maybe someone can fact check me on this but wasn't that didn't that start as like a kickstarter reward like dlc and it's like oh it's too big now now it's the sequel like, I don't know. It got it got it got like announced like really early and like to the point where people are like losing their minds waiting for it because it's been people have been talking about it forever. And the game <laughs> came out like four years ago or whatever at this point. So I think it's, uh, it feels like a that kind of Zelda Majora's Mask situation where they just kind of hmm. just made more of the same sort of stuff, but different enough that it's interesting. Cool. And I'm I'm curious. The protagonist. Oh, go ahead. The protagonist, by the way, is a Hornet, right? She, she was like your yeah. frenemy during Hollow Knight, right? She's like a female character who like fights you with a needle, and she's like very agile. Um, you get to be her in this in this game. It looks really cool. That sounds rad. Also, it also uh, comes as a successor in a long line of Metroidvanias that just reuse assets like crazy from the previous games, which I kind of love. Yeah, like this is why. I think most people don't necessarily realize this, but a lot of the assets in Symphony of the Night actually come from Rondo of Blood, which was a traditional side-scrolling Castlevania game. But like they put so much effort into like really good 2D sprites for that, they just reused them for, for Symphony of the Night. And then I think they may have reused Symphony of the Night stuff for the handheld games, but maybe that resolution didn't I work believe out. it. Yeah, they might have just like, you know, painted over them, but they're similar enough. <laughs> I mean, just yeah. designing them, even if they redid all the art, you know, just taking the designs is already such a huge step. Uh, that shit's yeah, there's such such huge games too that have so many different enemies and areas and stuff. Yeah. Well, talking about sequels, man, that was a big jump from Symphony of the Night to the previous Castlevania games. And then from Symphony of the Night style RPG Castlevanias to the modern 3D Castlevanias that are, in my opinion, not that great. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> uh, but, you know, several jumps throughout the series as technology changes them. Yeah, I don't think I've played any of the 3D Castlevanias. I've mostly just yeah, watched they're... Andrew try to struggle through them, and they're not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I played the only the only legit the only the main Castlevania 3D game I played, I think, was Curse of Darkness, which was on PS2, which was fine. It's like a decent um, kind of translation of the formula. I guess it's an interesting yeah, it's an interesting example of a sequel where they tried to bring it forward, but they kind of stumbled a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it almost reminds me a little bit of like the Sonic 2D to 3D transition that they never really figured out. Oh yeah, but yeah, really bad. Um, yeah. but yeah, but the 3D Castlevania is it's like kind of the same vibe. That's like the map is not quite as open and explorable. They just kind of like the core gameplay. They just kind of like messed up. My big complaint about that game was like the walk speed is like really slow, so it's just like really tedious to like explore the maps. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's kind of like almost a classic Castlevania thing. So it's almost like they're trying to preserve that feeling of like you know simon's stomping around right real, real slow but like when it's in 3d and you're just like walking down a giant corridor with no enemies and i'm like all right just just get me yeah. to the next room please well it sounds like they need a better level design <laughs> you can have yeah. that slow pace like fucking resident evil 4 man you walk like a fucking glacial speed but the levels are really small and they've got tons of corners mm-hmm. and it feels great <laughs> yep that's another sequel that like 
is is really yeah. interesting yeah. and it, it's not technically that different from the old school because like if you put the camera angle at a fixed perspective you still are moving with the same fucking tank controls <laughs> so like all they did really was like make some some modifications to shooting instead of having an auto aim you're manually aiming and you have an over the mm -hmm. over the shoulder camera and like like it's interesting how like small tweaks to the formula can really change mm -hmm. a game like that right yeah. like it, but i mean there were some additional tweaks that were important as well like giving you plenty of ammunition yeah. which you didn't have in the previous game because, I mean, like, the previous ones, in my mind, were all about sort of, like, you know, drama and resource conservation and whatnot. It's just always like, you know, oh, God, survival horror. And Resident Evil 4 was not survival horror. It was an action game. Yeah. It was a fucking amazing action game, though. Like, it was, like, one of the best games in that genre. And I'm so glad that they went there from, you know, the previous Resident Evil games. But, like, it feels like it's a game in a different genre than the original Resident Evils. Yeah. So, Didn't like... But like it felt good, like it felt like the right yeah. evolution. Why do you think that is? I'm not sure that I would necessarily say that it was the right evolution, um, simply because I could also imagine there being, you know, sort of more horror-focused Resident Evil games. And I think that's what they did with some of the later ones, but I haven't yeah. played it really Seven any of them since like five or six. Yeah. Um, um, or if you want to look at the, the perfect example of what you're talking about, the Resident Evil 2 remake, I think is, is the ideal combination of the over-the-shoulder mm -hmm. action gameplay from Resident Evil 4 style games. But the classic resource fear, slow zombies are scary from the, yep. the older Resident Evil 1, 2, 3. Um, and also, yeah, there's another random factoid I remembered, which is originally, I think, Resident Evil 3, the team that was making it, ended up sort of like going with a different aesthetic and whatnot and being like, hey, you know, we want to do something different with this. And that ended up being Devil May Cry. Um, oh, wow. And, you know, basically, like, that was another instance where they started with sort of like a, uh, you know, survival horror thing, but decided to go in an action direction. You know, and Devil May Cry, the first one, makes a lot more sense now, like, in my head, because it has a whole lot of, like, very castle-y looking environments that you're running around in. Like, there's a lot of weird exploratory stuff in between the fighting uh, that you're mm -hmm. doing, and there's a lot of very Resident Evil-y things happening. And I never really made that connection until you mentioned it. That's that's a great that makes so much more sense. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like, I bring up that example because I feel like they could have done exactly the same thing with the Resident Evil 4. Mm -hmm. They didn't have to call it Resident Evil, but you know, marketing and whatnot. Calling it Resident Evil 4 is gonna get a lot of people to buy it just because it's a Resident Evil game. Yeah. And their expectations are going to be somewhat violated because it really didn't play like a Resident Evil game, but hey, if it's a good enough game, people won't care that much. Yeah. I think that's just that's like a weird statistical outlier because it was yes. it, it was so good of a game that it didn't matter that it kind of broke broke the player promise, but like yep. I don't know that's that's like a <laughs> a one in a console generation level game. <laughs> yes, so, yes. You know, you get a free pass if you're doing that. Um, yeah, and then they then they coasted on the formula for a couple more games that weren't as good. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's the just their way, you know. Resident Evil 1 was, was pretty good. Resident Evil 2 was great. Resident Evil 3 was like, eh. <laughs> That was clearly a coasting moment for, yep. you know, we got to spice it up. 5 and 6 were pretty bad. <laughs> really fun, yeah. but very bad. Uh, yeah. I, I you... feel like... Oh, go ahead. I was going to change the subject, so if you're going to go... Oh, I was going to sort of like, you know, pivot as well, but I was going to say, like, the discussion before about, like... Uh going to 3D with Castlevania games and whatnot. 
I feel like that was just sort of like a, we've talked about this before in the past, but just in terms of how difficult it is to take 2D games and put them in a 3D space and how freaking miraculous it was that Mario 64 was as you know good a game as it was. And on top of that, you know, we're talking about sequels here. Mario 64 didn't have a whole lot in common with the previous Mario games. Yeah, it like was way f- different from Mario 63. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I said for Mario 69. <laughs> <laughs> Wait for it to come out. <laughs> right. But I mean, I feel like it's a really interesting thing in that it feels like a Mario Brothers game, but like the mechanics are just completely fucking different than any of the previous side-scrolling games. I mean, he jumps. Yes. He jumps in so many different ways. He, he jumps long jumps. Ways. He triple jumps. He wears Round a flying bombs. hat. Yeah. Good job. Funny enough, then they ended up bringing those me- some of those mechanics into the future uh, new Super Mario Brothers games, right? That were the 2D style, 2D style Mario games that came out from like starting, I think, the, the, the DS maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like you can triple jump in those games. You can wall jump, a couple other things. So it's kind of interesting to see that evolution go back towards 2D. Hmm. Yeah, it's all... But uh, that's a sort of digression of the point. Yeah, Mario 64 was super duper good. Mm-hmm. It had like just all... enough elements, right? Like it had like, you know, it had, wait, were there Goombas? There were Goombas. There were Goombas. Right? There Goombas. Yeah. It had, it had some, yeah. With Chain Chomps and all the yeah. games, they were Mario 3, right? Yes. Yeah, Mario yeah, yeah. 3. You know, it had like uh, the the box you hit to get a power up, although that was a slightly different thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, some so many elements were so different because, like, a health bar, a health bar in a Mario game that, is, that, that would feel like up. sacrilege. A health bar that you get back when you hit the surface of the water. Yes, it's also that your was breath the, bar. <laughs> that was the first thing that came to mind, but I wasn't going to call it out explicitly. That was such a weird mechanic. It's like, oh, I'm on my last legs. Yeah, time to go doggy paddle. Oh, wow, restorative water. The water's so nice. Yeah, like if you were, if we, any of us were designing a game that had that flaw in it, we would be like, no, we can't do that. We have to do something else. But that like made it in a mainstream Nintendo game. Yep. It's wild. They're like, it's the same. Why not? It's the same. We don't got to have health pickups. <laughs> we only have one texture we can draw for a bar that goes up and down. We got to reuse it. Make it a different yeah. color. I don't care. Yeah. Ship it. <laughs> no, and technically, I think the coins were health pickups. I think every they coin were? you picked up restored health. Oh, did every coin pick up restored health? I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, man. But that's sick. I don't know. Mario 64 gets a free pass also. Basically, if you're a Nintendo right. game, you probably get a free pass. Unless it's Skyward Sword. Right. Fuck you, Skyward Sword. <laughs> I keep hearing how Skyward Sword gets its, like, it's getting its, like, uh, renaissance. It's, it's sort of second shot at life because the remake just came out. And apparently they made some improvements. Did they make it better? I don't know. I mean, yeah, yeah I, don't quality play. I don't know if I want to play sixty dollars for <laughs> Skyward Sword. No, yeah, again, I'm never gonna play that game again in my life. Uh, I'm sure. Not that I think it's that bad. It's probably but... fine. I like the art style. I like the soundtrack. I don't want to play that game again. <laughs> bomb bowling. Bomb bowling. <laughs> Skyward Sword added bomb bowling. Uh, anyway, you're gonna change. We're not doing this bit you're again. You're gonna change the topic, friend. Please save us from this purgatory. Right, the purgatory bomb bowling. Uh, I was just going to ask about, like, going back to, like, not necessarily series, but sequels. So the second in the series, or if there's only ever one sequel, are there ones you can think of that were, like, unequivocally the best and or your favorite? I have two. Sonic one, where the second one was the best? Oh, jeez. The second one. I, Ouch. My brain. <laughs> Did you say that the uh, second one was the best or the second one was better? 
I have two examples of sequels, two separate sequels. They're both so the second one. There's Mega Man 2, uh, which was dramatically better than Mega Man. Um, and I think there's a bit of an interesting story behind that. Um, Star Control 2 was also dramatically better than the original Star Control. Um, mm. Those are the examples that pop to mind. There's also Wait. a dramatically different game. Yeah. Star <laughs> Control 2. Like a solid two, although technically three is the better one, the best one. Uh, fuck. I'd say Can't I'd say Quake Quake Two is like the best Quake game, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Quake Two. I had a lot and of fun it, with that in multiplayer. You're identifying ones also that like really define genres too, don't aren't you? For me, the I think the non-controversial one would be Super Smash Brothers Melee. Mm. That just yes. freaking. Compared to its predecessor, the Super Smash Brothers on N64, I just, as like a 14-year-old or however the hell old I was when that game came out, it blew my freaking mind how much better that game was. Mm -hmm. And it really has defined that series. I mean, all the other games feel like Melee clones. They don't have the same difference between Melee and the others than like Melee did to Super Smash Brothers, the original. Yep. Well, I think we've, we're actually probably gone for this for ages, but I think we've talked about (laughs) Melee and stuff before, but I think it's just, again... One of those funny examples of the developer not really understanding the point of the games <laughs> where like with from melee to brawl they added all this like kind of anti-competitive stuff right like they right. try to take it from being like melee started to establish itself as a very competitive serious fighting game and they tried mm-hmm. to make it like more random and and weirder i guess and brawl yeah, more casual yeah party and stuff. ultra yeah. smashes and then or whatever they call smash them. 4 was also equally as not great ultimate they kind of went the other way a little bit Ultimate's more competitive. Ultimate's it's actually better. I like it a lot. Yeah. Um, it, it it's slowed down, but it feels like a, a like a game of chess. Here it plays and counterplays, and if you make a mistake, you you get you get kind of you know quote unquote stunned. But you know what I mean, like vulnerable for just enough time to like feel that mistake. I think they did it really. It's pretty tight. Yeah. I don't know if I like it better than Melee though. I think I think Melee is still better, but I, I yeah, mean probably. I don't think anyone would argue that Ultimate is better. But Ultimate is not terrible. It's good. <laughs> the other one I had, the other one I had, which might be oh, kind of a kind of a hot take, but maybe it's just a personal preference, is Soul Calibur Two. Oh, interesting! I <laughs> loved Soul Calibur Two, and I was progressively more disappointed by the future iterations. Part of that, I'm sure, is like a sunk cost fallacy of like I was invested in the combos from this game, and they changed my character, yep. and I don't like the combos anymore. It, they changed the shit out of Sophia from two to three. I think one to two yeah. was pretty much the same. Oh, the Sophia main. Yeah, they all uh, kind I, of blend together in my mind, except for when they changed Nightmare's moveset, which I think was maybe in 2. That might have been 2. Nightmare. Because Nightmare and, and yeah. Siegfried used to, used to be the same character. Basically, yep. they were like the yeah. slight reskins, you know? Like all the weird my characters friends... that they added in Soul Calibur 1. <laughs> so good. Yeah, my friends my friends only played Soul Calibur 2, and we only played it for like a week or something like that, so none of us ever sort of figured out the game. Uh, basically, what happened is I figured out how to do the sort of foot poke with the, you know, uh, fencer dude, yeah. what's his name? Uh, Raphael. 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 Yeah, yeah. Stab I, down or whatever. Yes, yeah. I figured out how to do the foot oh, stab, yeah. and nobody could figure out how to block low, uh, so I won all the fights after that, yeah. and that was the end. That was the ultimate technique. Well, I trained Andrew poke, to block poke. low because I was doing all oh, yeah. the switches the on Sophia. We'd have like the these, these just... like we play a hundred games in our dorm room in college, like just back to back to back to back to back. <laughs> Yeah, you really learn the rhythm of that, like, one, two, three. Yeah. Like, <laughs> there's there's the switch up, though, where you can go high, high, low, or high, high, high. So, you know, you do mm-hmm. a lot of that. Angel step combos. 
I don't know. Soul Calibur 2 is probably Which... much better than Soul Calibur 1. <laughs> I think it was. The first one was game. was the first one Soul Edge, or was there yes. actually a Soul Calibur and then Soul Calibur 2? There was Soul Edge on PlayStation and then Soul Calibur on Dreamcast and then Soul Calibur 2 on multi-consoles. That was like a cool thing mm. about it. So it's technically and... the third game in the series. Yeah, I guess uh, so. Yeah, I guess it's true. Well, I guess it, it like depends on how much you want to count that, right? Like, if you're talking about Dark Souls, do you count Demon Souls? Do you count Kingsfield? There's like five fucking Kingsfield games before Similar. Demon Souls. Demon Souls is before Dark Souls. They share a lot of the same DNA, but they're not technically the same game. If you want to call Demon Souls the Dark Souls, the Demon Souls the first Dark Souls game, then obviously Dark Souls is the like superior ultimate mega genre defining sequel. Um, but Dark Souls Two is not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was I kind of wanted to bring that up. I know we've talked about Souls endlessly, but but it's kind of funny how they kind of. We're trying to do the same stuff in the Soul sequels, but it's like they kind of didn't really know how to make a good iterative sequel, so they're kind of like, "All right, three is probably the last one. We're just going to do some different stuff." Yeah, but and I mean, now they're making Elden it, Ring, which looks very Soulsy. Yeah, uh, but you got a horse. They made a genre, right? Yeah. Now, now they're called Souls-like games, Soulsborne. basically. I I want to know what the actual term is going to be. I hope it doesn't settle on Souls-like, because like back in the day, all first-person shooters were called Doom clones, and then they eventually came up with the term first-person shooter. Well, so what would you turn it into? Like really hard action game? You know, I, I don't know. Like... <laughs> I don't know what you'd call it. I, I... It's. I think it's. It's the Metroidvania curse, right? Yeah. Like Metroidvanias yeah. are too specific, so they just. They're just fucking they're just Metroidvanias, Metroidvanias forever now. I guess they're going to be called Soulsborne games forever. Soulsborne. And we don't. I, I we don't even count uh, the the samurai one, uh, which I can't even remember Sekiro? the name. of. Sekiro. <laughs> Soulsborne Kiro. Maybe we can just agree to call them alternative strand type yeah, games. Strand type games. <laughs> fucking Death Stranding They're single, is like uh, no, my I game it. of the year. I fucking love Death Stranding, by the way. It's so good. <laughs> it's got like equal parts stupid, like really heady philosophy and just like dumb art house nonsense that I fucking love. God, it's the best. That's the one with Norman Reedus. Yeah. Norman Reedus yeah, okay. holding his little weenus. And baby and friend. He's got a baby. Little baby Lou. Uh, Ford, you just had a you had a epiphany a moment ago. Oh, sorry. I was going to say something really dumb. I was going to say like how we talked about MOBAs not too long ago, which is like the genre name that I hate the most because it's so generic and stupid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I was, I was going to say Souls, Souls Born game should be like single player battle arenas or something. Spobas? Spoba. <laughs> yeah. Single player. Spoboa? Level based progression Spoba. story. I don't know. Whatever. I, okay, you're right. Soul, Soulborn. Soulsborn. Soulsborn. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to make up more acronyms in my head. Are there a lot of Soulsborne games other than the ones made by Team Ninja? Yeah, there's a bunch. There's those Niho games. Huh. There's um, a lot of people call Funny it Hollow Knight Soulsborne. Yeah, I was just gonna say Hollow Knight is um, like a, it's it's like a Soulsborne light or it's like a rogue light. There's, there's like a Dead handful cells. of other ones, yeah, yeah um, that came out in there's... recent uh, memory. Um, I think there's like a lot of really shitty knockoffs that you don't hear much about because they're not very good. Yeah, <laughs> there's like a lot of them on Steam. But how are their sequels? Maybe they're good. Supposedly, The Surge <laughs> Two is not bad. Hmm. That's the only sequel I've heard of to one of these games. There's that like um, shooter Soulsborne game, right? That's supposed to be pretty good. Um, what the hell is it called? I don't know. I give up. So. I feel like we'd be doing a disservice if I didn't bring up uh, the sort of like 
complete archetype of things not changing from sequel to sequel, which are the sort of like modern sports games. Yeah, I was uh, going to say FIFA. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. He's not here to complain. Basketball. <laughs> well, you don't really iterate on the game of basketball itself. You don't add like, you know, new, you know, fucking like grenade launchers or something. Yeah. They you know? should, it, that's what they should do. They should have NBA 2K22. They should turn it into Slam Ball. Yeah. You guys ever saw Slam Ball? Slam Ball. <laughs> on, on fucking, what channel is it on? Spike, 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 Spike TV. TV. I remember that Slam Ball. channel. I'm like, this isn't really that fun to watch. <laughs> so. <laughs> So tell me and the audience what slam ball was. It was basketball with trampolines. So, yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, the floor was made out of trampolines and you play basketball. <laughs> nice. Did you dribble? I don't know if they dribbled. Well, I think they kind of did. You just had to there's... flip. You just, as long as you were flipping, you could have the ball. Yeah, you yeah you there's, do there's something. You can't just hold the ball. Yeah, there's four. There's, well, there's four trampolines around each basket, I think, right? There's like, there's like kind of a defensive one, then there's kind of two ones on the side, and then one in front of it. Um, so there's like kind of like a goalie sort of like I forget if there's like goaltending rules, but there's like usually someone trying to like goal be like a goalie bouncing on the the closest trampoline and wow. just do ridiculous stuff and jump around and probably break your ankle. I think there's a lot of ankle casualties. Oh geez. I was going to say this sounds like a great way for people to have spectacular injuries. I believe it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not just landing badly, but like smacking into each other while flying through the air. But I mean, they also mm-hmm. like while trying to jockey for a ball, right? Like ooh. they've been making improvements to those games, right? Like they they have a lot of them have a lot of the like the fantasy sport kind of element, right? Where you build your team and you you progress through the the leagues and like you have RPG elements kind of thing going on in there. Uh, oh, sorry, did you just did you just corral us back on topic? I did. <laughs> I know it's un- wow. that's out of character, but you know, I try my best. <laughs> basically i'm trying to defend the people that dislike those sports games because it's like i don't know that, that, that's their thing that's their thing i guess right well it's not we're saying it's necessarily a bad thing we're just saying it's a type of sequel that doesn't really and i guess that's what they started doing with sequels is they've started adding metagame elements to the game of the sport yeah and fishing sub games is there fishing sub game in a sp- i want to see a fishing sub game in a sport they game. should like you're <laughs> playing your coach and your coach needs to go fishing and it like raises his mental stat or something i don't know it'd be sick <laughs> Perfect. I'll, I'll put. Yeah. We'll have Andy put that in there. We'll call him up. Be like in the next, in the next NBA, whatever. Put it in. You know, um, I haven't played very many sports games in my life, but one of my favorite ones is pretty old school, and actually added like kind of some fantasy elements, but like in a very very vague way. Uh, remember NBA Jam for the, uh, the mm. SNES? Try to buy a bucket. And yeah. You could like puts up a break. Like, get on fire. <laughs> <laughs> So you could like supercharge your, your supercharged basketball powers, but aside from that, you weren't really. It was still like a regular old basketball. NBA Jam was the best basketball game. I thought so too, but we're also old. Yeah, it's probably not the best basketball game. I'm sure. Like if you look at some <laughs> of the cool tech they got in those games, right? There's some really rad stuff where they have like mm-hmm. adaptive IK for like the you know soccer ball getting into the guy's feet, and like you know they'll actually like. Mm-hmm adaptively dribble dribble when you're moving your character with these like advanced animation wriggle <laughs> they're gonna wriggle dribble i don't know uh so can we all agree that the best soccer game is rocket league yes yes easily yep fucking that's the sequel to soccer. Best sport it's the best sports game yeah. it's the best sport i wanted it on that game yes. hard man i fucking love it now i spent years hating it and despising it and oh, now man. i love it despise is a hard word i just was like too terrible at it to like get it <laughs> and and also for our one listener that doesn't know what rocket league is it's basically like if you were 
controlling a radio controlled car that could also you know fly a limited amount got a rocket booster on and the back you, yeah and we're you know trying to use your rc car to hit a ball into an enemy goal while their cars were trying to do the same thing with yours mm -hmm. so yeah it's like car it's like soccer with like cars with rockets and the arena is also very well uh like done so that you can like kind of drive up the walls and do a bunch of crazy stuff with like curved corners and things like it's like it's like if you took a sport and instead of trying to like translate a sport into like a real life sport just directly into a video game it's like you took sports but turned like applied what makes what's great about video games to a sport yeah that's, that's kind of how i, I like think to, about rocket league that's why i like to think of rocket league is soccer 2.0 soccer Absolutely. 2 well apparently soccer that two, like yeah. dodgeball the sequel to soccer that came out recently is really popular and people like it right what's the name of that say what they came out recently it's game? like a, like you you can throw balls or you can throw your friends at people as the ball, it's like a three v three dodgeball kind of thing. What the fuck is the name of this? It's a big game. It just came out. Really popular. I don't know. I don't. I don't know popular things. <laughs> I don't know, man. Fortnite. Where are you dropping? Tilt the towers. <laughs> you can play dodgeball in Fortnite with your and throw your friends at. It's, it's not Fortnite. <laughs> I was oh, just making a dumb joke. <laughs> <laughs> I. You want to know a game Fortnite's I fucking history. hate? It's Fortnite. That's the game I fucking hate. All right, sorry, we're done. We're done talking about this. I don't need a. I don't need a twenty-minute Fortnite rant. We've established that Rocket League is the sequel to soccer, and I think that's a yes. great time to take a break. Mm -hmm. Let's take mm -hmm. a break. Yep. All right. And we're back. Do you guys want to do? Hey, check this out. Yeah. Yeah, but I think you got too close to the mic there. <laughs> too bad. Deal with it. <laughs> hey. Check this out. Oh. Check this out. We still have that stinger, right? We must. We didn't revamp that one for the literally the every season. episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't have that one. It's good. Um, I'll go first. I recently watched like a forty-minute video on YouTube about how carburetors work. I didn't think I would be interested in carburetors, <laughs> but uh, there's a channel on YouTube which is pretty popular. You might have heard of it, Smarter Every Day, and he has a whole episode about how carburetors work. And he talks to his adorable dad, and they go through a carburetor and build a clear one out of plastic and hook it up to an engine and look at it working in a high-speed camera. And it's very cool and super awesome. And I was thoroughly engaged and entertained the whole time, and I did not think I would be on something as banal and ancient as a carburetor. <laughs> Engineering. Banal and ancient. Technology. Modern cars don't use carburetors. Don't they? I guess I have to watch this video because I actually I don't even remember what a carburetor does in a car. It's a thing that like yeah, puts I, the, I'm right there too. It, does it berate the car? Yeah, it berates it. <laughs> no, it puts the air and the fuel into the engine. Like you can't just put gasoline in the engine; it won't like explode very well. You got to have little little tiny bits of gasoline surrounded by a whole bunch of air, so they all burn up real good. They call it atomizing. Okay. 
anyway, it's cool. That was a great, succinct uh, uh, explanation. Thank you for that. You really got something out of your video. Yeah. There. He's got a part two where they go to a plaque factory plant and they they look at how a real car carburetor is made instead of their dinky little, like, simplest possible a, version. A, sequ a sequel, you may yeah, say. Yeah, a sequel. It's not a direct sequel. I don't think it's called number two, but it's it's nah. basically a sequel. Like, the Demon Souls and I have Dark a sequel. <laughs> I have a sequel to share. What's your sequel to share? Uh, so you may remember a long time ago I shared a hey check this out uh uh that was spa water it was it was my water with right like specific things mm -hmm. in it so my sequel to that is the this, the water I'm drinking today which is water cucumber and strawberry and those two things actually combine really well you would not necessarily think think that those two flavors would mix well with water but it's great cucumbers and strawberries so once again water yep slice them up put them in your water taste great wow. Do you have a clever name for this, or is it just Spa Water Two? The sequel Spa, to Spa Water Two. <laughs> it's uh, it's Demon's Water. You should call it Spa Water Two. The <laughs> Demon Souls of Water. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's the Dark Souls of drinks. <laughs> you drink it, and a knight just comes out and stabs you, like ah, oh god, you died. <laughs> I really need to be paying attention to the clues the designer is putting down yeah. for me. It's a very telegraphed night. You just weren't when you're choking on the chunk of strawberry because you gulped it too fast. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, I can go next. Uh, which and I will, uh, I will throw out for your consideration uh, the game Dyson Sphere Program, which although it's not a sequel to anything, it definitely feels like it's drawing pretty heavily from games like Factorio and whatnot. Um, but the basic premise is you're building a factory like Factorio. But what makes it different is you do it in sort of like a sort of star system, and each of the planets you build on is represented as like, you know, a small sphere. So it's like actual spherical geometry that you're sort of like walking along. You can see the curvature of the uh, planet. And also the coordinate system gets super fucked up near the poles uh, because of, you know, co spherical coordinates. Um, but yeah, then you build sort of like, you know, ships, which are shipping your stuff from planet to planet. Um, it's kind of cool. Um, so it's still an early access. It's not yet done, um, but I like some of the ideas that they bring. Do you have to build ocean ships before you build spaceships? Nah, you can't build ocean ships, but you can build drones. They fly around from place to place. That's kind of a logical skip. That makes sense. Yeah. Airplanes to spaceships. Boom. Fuck boats. <laughs> Fuck them. All right. Uh, I already mentioned it, but I'm just going to recommend the game Psychonauts. I'm sure the sequel will be out by the time this episode comes out. Um, and I'm sure the sequel is going to be very good, but I have played the first one and I'm going to recommend the first one. Um, you can get it for really cheap on Steam right now. The, I don't think the sale is going to last super long. So if you guys haven't played it, you should buy it right now and play it because it's great. Um, I think I will. Yeah. Seconded. I've uh, played it before. It's a great very game. Very good. Yeah. Very a, funny and very, very distinctive art. Yeah. It's a really cool just overall experience, the voice acting and the writing is like really good. Um, you know, just the fun. I don't usually play too many like 3D platformers, but this one is really, really solid. Um, and the premise is like you're going inside people's psyches, right? And like the 3D mm -hmm. level is like represents that character that you're inside. Mm -hmm. Yep. 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 You go into their brains and clear out their mental baggage and, and other weird stuff. So, yeah, Psychonauts, check it out. All right. 
Uh, so you can find me on Twitter at Bradhesion, also soundcloud.com slash adhesion and adhesion.bandcamp.com. Where can people find you guys? You can also find me on Twitter. I'm at the Brendo. You can find I'm not me on any on of those other things. Yes. Similarly, I'm also only on Twitter at Heckbringer. But you can also get in contact with all of us at TDRamars on Twitter, redmars.com, redmars.itch.io. Say hi. Hello. Hi. Hello. Also, this episode was edited by Andy Midler, who's not here but still editing it. And music on this podcast, as always, is by Andrew Ford. Mm -hmm. Mm. Andy Midler's right. a big butt man. <laughs> See if he <laughs> listens to that, what he's editing. Got him. <laughs> Got him. Yeah. Buttman69, 420. 420 boners. <laughs> Blaze them if you got them. Uh, good thing we got that explicit tag all set up already. That was a good move at the very early stages. <laughs> you bleep out everything I say anyway. <laughs> we actually haven't had to do that in a long it's time. That's true. I've been getting less offensive with every passing minute. Or our standards have been lowering. Probably that. More things get through the filter nowadays. <laughs> yeah. All right. I think that's the episode. I think we solved sequels. No more sequels. Sequels are done. They're over. Sequels. Good. Are over. All right. That's the end. Goodbye. Bye, everybody. Bye. Goodbye.